he asked me one time, well, how much are you making on the side? And I was like, oh, I haven't even calculated it. Like, to me, it was like, oh, $200. Oh, $800. Like, yeah, it was just extra money. And I calculated how much I was making from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. compared to 9 to 5. And it was like almost double my hourly rate. Wow. And I was like, okay, decision made. What's up, guys? I'm Chris. Welcome back to CEO Hot Seat. Today, we got a special guest, Juliet PA, with your personal brand coach. Juliet, how you doing? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. So tell us a little bit what, about what is your personal brand coach? What do you what do you do and kind of where your background came from and what led you to it? Yeah. Uh, so your personal brand coach is, I guess you could say, a consultancy. I'm the sole person in it, really. I have a couple contractors. Um, but what I help people do is I help them express their personal brand. I don't say build. I don't say grow because it's something that everybody already has. Um, And it's really just about bringing people's personality into their business and establish themselves as the expert in their field. Um, But with that personality that they bring, that's different than anybody else is going to have because everyone is unique. I feel like how everyone runs their business is unique. The way that they approach things is unique. And I really like to highlight that in people because um, so much of solopreneurs, I feel like they're afraid to become like a big company so fast that they have the most generic website. They have stock photos. They say, you know, we instead of I. Um, and I try to kind of break down those walls and let them know that they have permission to be themselves and show up how they want to. That's Sweet. super cool. How how important do you think it is for people to bring their personality to their business? I feel like it's huge. Um, only, I mean, for one, for their own I don't want to say mental health because that sounds intense, but like for their enjoyment of their business, I think it's really important because when you are free to be yourself and you are able to show up authentically that way, I think you do business with people that accept you for who you are. You also know your boundaries and you feel better saying no when you need to. Um, so I feel like it's it's huge. And not everybody has to be a personal brand. I feel like I'm kind of like the flip side of Britton Briley and his philosophy with ghost marketing is I know he used to do Viking and then he switched to ghost and he was like, everything got better once I switched to a company, um, which can be true for some people. Um, for others, I feel like the example of thinking like, has anybody bought anything from Cardone Enterprises? Maybe not, but does everybody know who Grant Cardone is? Yes. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's, if somebody is comfortable using their brand in a personal way, it can pay off dividends in the longevity of their career, especially if they switch companies, if they're serial entrepreneurs, people will say, you know, oh, Chris used to do this, but now he's doing that. They remember him. Same with, you know, you, Ray. I know you do multiple businesses. I suffer for it with it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that I'm trying to figure that out as like um, trying to get away from being the Mac of all trades and getting into real estate yeah. and making my name known for that. So, yes. I, and I think, I guess it really depends on the industry, right? Like certain brands, you, you are your personal, mm-hmm. you know, brand, but then certain brands you just kind of want to push yes. and not have to be a part of like, yeah. like we saw with like legacy decks and stuff like that. He was able to step away from it. Um, so I, I bet that's getting more and more prevalent with the way that social media is becoming so popular, yeah. but then like, how do you stand out? You mm-hmm. know? So that's yeah. pretty cool. And especially on LinkedIn, I feel like that's a really clear place to establish a personal brand because nobody really follows company pages that much. Yeah. Whereas as if like the founder of that company is going to be sharing those updates, they're going to attach to him um, or her and sure. start following that person and their insights and their thoughts. Yeah, company pages really kind of falling off, like Facebook yeah. and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that recently. So that's smart. I didn't, I didn't know LinkedIn. Like I never knew LinkedIn was even that good until most recent. So. Yeah. 
And you think, I mean, even connection requests, like you send connection requests, you meet new people, you network. It's going to be your personal person. For sure. Doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love what you said too about uh, as long as you're clear and direct, like on your personal brand, it kind of helps you solidify your customer, right? Mm -hmm. And attract the right customers. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Yeah. And that means different things to different people. Some people are like, they're Christian business owners Mm -hmm. and they really just want to help Christians grow their business. For sure. Other people are like, they're super political based. And so they're going to run everything through the lens of how they feel politically. Um, Other people like, I did a values exercise and my values are like fun, imagination and realness. And those are the people that I like to work with. I don't care anybody's political affiliation or their religious background or anything like that. I'm just like, if you're down to have fun, you want to think bigger and you're going to be like real and not put up this like, you know, generic version of yourself. Yeah. Then that's my kind of person that I want to work with. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that's so easy to do in business is to put up a generic version of yourself. Right. Especially starting out because you're trying to attract all these people. So you pretend like you're somebody that you're really not. And yeah. then inside your mental health takes takes a dive. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, exhausting. I think that's what's cool about this podcast. And like we gave us a chance to be like ourselves and yeah. talk like that we normally talk and be the people we are. And I think more people gravitate towards that because then they realize you're not just this generic like fill in mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to Robot, say. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and well, especially with social media, people don't even meet you anymore. So like yeah. if you're not being authentic, then you're really you're just kind of like skipped and people just scroll past you. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and I think, too, a lot of entrepreneurs, they feel like when they first go out on their own, they're like, oh, finally, I've like broken the corporate ties. I can do whatever. And then the second they're trying to get clients, they're like, oh, wait, they kind of get scared again and think about how they have to present. And Tyler laughed at me one time because when I went out on my own, I was like. I'm going to be the Avril Lavigne of business and I'm going to like, you know, wear t-shirts and I'm probably going to dye my hair soon. And I'm going to be so, you know, fun and funky, like the way that I never could be in corporate America because, you know, you have to go by the dress code and stuff. And then he saw me one time change my shirt like four times throughout the day. And he was like, what are you doing? Like you change your shirt four times. And I was like, well, first I had a meeting with like this tax person. And then I had a, a meeting with like a B2B company and, you know, I want to secure these contracts. And like the day that I stopped doing that and I was just like, this is what I'm wearing. You're either cool with it or you're not. Like, I know I'm good at what I do regardless. Yeah. It was so much easier to like, just get through the day and also not like put on makeup at 4 PM for a meeting. Like it's yeah. either like I'm wearing it or I'm not. I know my skill set. So yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's yeah. cool to, to build off of yourself and be proud of like who you are and what you can do. Yeah. You don't need to like pose, which is nice. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So what are some of the services that you offer? Yeah. So the first one, and I think the the most prevalent one is kind of the intro coaching session. And so what I do in that is I will go through primarily someone's LinkedIn. Because most of the people that I work with, they're trying to establish a brand on LinkedIn. Um, I'll look through their profile. I might look through their website and I'll do an audit of where they're already sharing some personal things in kind of a good way. And then other areas that can improve. So I just had a client Brandon, who is an insurance agent. So he does work for a company, but it's really important for him to be on LinkedIn and connecting with people all the time. And he had some posts that were great where he would like be at a golf tournament. He was catching up with an old buddy. He would share a picture. He'd talk about, you know, what they chatted up on the golf course. That was an awesome example of kind of like a personal branding post where he was showing his personality. Um, And then he had another one where he had gone to a conference and it was basically just like a picture of the panel. And it was like, had a great time at the conference. And like, that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, there's so much opportunity to bring out more in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also have an assessment that I have them take that asks them a lot of questions that they have forgotten about. So it's kind of like those 
icebreaker questions when people are like, so tell me something fun about you. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're so close to ourselves that we're, we forget what's interesting. And so I'm able to come in as a coach and ask, like, how do you feel about your name? Did you have a crazy nickname as a kid? What did you like to do? And, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, or how did you get to where you are now? Um, I'll ask them about times that they failed. I'll ask them about times they felt disappointed, times they made mistakes. I'll ask them about their hobbies. Like, I go ham on asking all these questions. But I can pull out some, like, red threads of things that kind of go together and make sense that they're not thinking of. Because for them, it's usually like, well, I had this job, then I had this job, and it seems kind of disconnected. Whereas I can pull out, like... Well, how did it like, lead to that? Yeah, like What's my, the story? Yes, yeah. my client Brandon, he in insurance, he's great at negotiating. He used to be a rapper, and so he would have to negotiate like with the bars and with the venues and stuff how he was going to get paid. And so that's like a personal story that he's not thinking about sharing because in insurance, who cares that you used to be a rapper? And I'm like, somebody does. I mean, like, there's more some behind awesome it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's those types of things that I, I ask lots of questions. And also that gives them like a gold mine of content because then they realize how many stories, how many stories they can share based on all those questions and answers. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Brandon used to rap for three shots of JMO and a Coors Light. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. But it was cool to hear how he yeah. used to negotiate and like, you know, do stuff like that. And for sure. And yeah, no, I think I think that's awesome. So you said you came from corporate America. What kind of, tell me about the, like, what made you want to switch into being like an entrepreneur and business owner? Yeah. So, um, I got my degree in journalism. I decided I did not want to do the news. I wanted to get a job in marketing. Um, but the first job I got out of college was kind of branded as marketing, but it was more like receptionist slash do our flyer sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so after about a year of doing that, I decided to go on to the next job, um, which was kind of the same. It was again, kind of promoted as like legal assistant slash event planner. And then the job was a little bit more focused again on being receptionist. And so I kept getting these kind of receptionist jobs with a little bit of marketing and was like, this is okay, but it wasn't places that had marketing departments. Um, and I just kind of get kept getting frustrated with that. I felt yeah. like I'm, I'm coming here, I'm doing the job, but like, there's not enough for me to do all the, all the advice you're given when you're a young professional is like, go in early, stay late, like sign yeah. up for all the grunt work and stuff. And that just wasn't working for me. Um, and so I would switch jobs. And then I got a job as an executive assistant at a really cool company. And it was, it paid a lot better. So I was kind of fine with like throwing away the creative side for a time. Um, because I was also hoping that being an executive assistant would get me in the door to eventually like work my way into a creative role. Um, I stayed there longer than my previous jobs and I really loved the people, but I still just was not getting that creative opportunity. And after a while of that, I just kind of hit the wall where yeah. like, instead of having a little bit of creativity on the side, I just had none. It was all admin. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I found that to be exhausting. So I started kind of giving myself permission again to write. And I think that that was the difference for me is every time I would leave a job, they would be like, you had so much potential, but like you were good in your role or, you know, we just didn't have anything else for you. And I'm like, well, I don't want to hear that I have potential and it not be invested in. So sure. I started yeah. giving myself the opportunity to invest in myself. So I'd use my PTO to take days off and take like marketing courses on LinkedIn. Cool. Um, I started writing articles on LinkedIn and then I felt like this is too sporadic. Like I'm just writing when I have an idea in my head. Um, so I started the blog Greenville Enthusiast a long time ago. It's not there anymore. Um, but I decided that I was going to write about Greenville and kind of establish a portfolio that way. And that was really fun. I would go to restaurants. Um, if, if the blog was still up, you would see 
Chris and Kristen. You. Yeah, you go with me. Yeah, <laughs> um, you cool. see Chris and Kristen on my blog, and we would like review, you know, the restaurant. I would go to boutiques. I would, um, you know, Airbnb. buy some clothes and give. Yeah, we did That's an Airbnb cool. one time, yeah. which was awesome. Um, and so that was really fun, and that was able to finally secure me the marketing job that I wanted. And I also started freelancing around that time because especially real estate agents, my first client in copywriting before I became your personal brand coach was a real estate agent who was like, hey, obviously, you know, the area, I need a newsletter, I'll pay you to write it. And I was like, yes, finally, like all this work I've been doing on the side for free is going to turn into income. Um, so I did that. And then um, I did get a marketing job full time. And that was all during COVID. So I'm kind of skipping a lot. But during COVID, when I was still working as ex executive assistant, and we got sent home because of the shutdown, I had too much time to reflect. And I was just like, this, like, I've spent like four years now bouncing around corporate America, wanting to do marketing. And I keep not like, I keep accepting jobs that are not the right fit. So I really need to like, figure this out. Um, so I did get a marketing job full time, but I was still freelancing on the side because I liked that I was able to kind of make my own money. Um, so I would freelance from 5am to 7am and then I would go into my marketing job nine to five. Wow. And so my marketing job had everything under the sun. I was doing graphics, events, social media, blogging, email campaigns, probably a handful of other things. And about a year in, I was just completely exhausted. Um, and I couldn't do it anymore. And I had to make that decision. Like, am I going to go full time into freelance writing and doing what I really like? Am I going to take that chance? Or am I going to keep like waiting in corporate America for like the next raise, the next promotion, the next opportunity? Um, and one thing that was really helpful is I had been in those entrepreneurial groups in Greenville. So I was in the powerhouse that Holly Calloway started. I've been in mm. Greenville Young Professionals. And like I saw other people doing it. And um, one of the people that was really helpful is Brian Knox. I know y'all just yeah, had him on the yeah. podcast. He's he's such an encourager to like everybody. He asked me one time, well, how much are you making on the side? And I was like, oh, I haven't even calculated it. Like to me, it was like, oh, just $200. Yeah. Oh, $800. Like, money yeah, here. it was just yeah. extra money. And I calculated how much I was making from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. compared to 9 to 5. And it was like almost double my hourly rate. Wow. And I was like, okay, decision made. <laughs> um, so I went out on my own and um, as a freelance writer. And then I was doing everything under the sun again. Like, I know we were talking about this earlier. It's like you go out as an entrepreneur and then you, Just say everyone yes. says to pick a niche. Yeah. And you're like, well, how am I going to pick a niche? Yeah. You don't because know what I'm works supposed or, to do everything. Yeah. yeah. And I got to pay bills, right? Yeah. 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 And I got to pay bills. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just take whatever you can. I, mm -hmm. I think that's a tough thing, but it's pretty incredible. Like, I mean, that that's a good story. Like what you mentioned about Brian. It was like going from something that he really loved to another thing that he really loved as a full-time career. And then he kind of just said, okay, enough is enough. I'm just going to follow my passion. Yes. And then everybody yeah. behind him just pushed that. Yeah. And even if it was like a, a hit money-wise or time, more time spent as an entrepreneur, didn't matter like it because he was in love with it. So yes. Yeah. That, that that's that's always something pretty amazing it's like you know as far as like uh, entrepreneurship goes find that faith and follow it yes Absolutely. yes it, it feels so good to just finally have that control and feel like i'm in charge of investing in my potential yeah you know and that's what i never had in corporate america for was sure. i didn't feel like i had anybody really advocating for me and i'm not saying that like my bosses were bad by any means they yeah. weren't toxic like it was not terrible so i'm i'm privileged in that sense but at the same time like i am a high achiever so to be in areas where i feel like i'm not being able to do that it just I, capped yeah, yeah it just yeah. capped i'm like yeah. all right you know what am i doing with my life so for sure yeah hmm. what do you think was like one of the biggest hurdles 
transitioning over from corporate America to uh, being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, I think figuring out where to get your resources from, because when you go out on your own, all of a sudden you're asking people like, how do I get clients? Where do I get clients? Where do they exist? And you feel like there's just some like secret pool of yeah, clientele like that you don't thing, yeah. yeah that you like don't know where that is and you forget that like when you had the stable job you just like clocked in like and that was like your yeah. only worry for the day and also that like to be completely honest you could like slack off if you needed to well not needed to but you could slack off like if you paid, were kind of yeah. done at four it was not the end of the world yeah. whereas entrepreneurship like it almost never stops and so you kind of have to set your own boundaries um but like in the same way that on like corporate America is like chasing paycheck to cha- paycheck, entrepreneurship is like client to client. Yeah, sure. Um, depending on how you structure your business. So, yeah. Yeah. I know that that was one of them. Nice. Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, well, as far as like, um, so you mentioned another one of the services that you're offering is like, so aside from personal branding, you also bring in like the writing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, what are some of those, um, what are some people that you like to work with personally? Um, I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking, you don't really get into the medical field and, yeah. and, uh, and stuff like that. So what do you really like working with? Yeah. So that's what came down into choosing my niche. So when I started my entrepreneurial career as a copywriter, and then now I've kind of pivoted into personal brand coaching. Everybody was saying, like, you want to work with B2B clients, you want to work in health blogging, you want to work with finance or tech. And I didn't enjoy really any of those industries. I didn't really have the experience in them. Um, And they just weren't fun for me. And what was fun for me was working with the small business owners, like the bakers, like people who were baking. And they were like, I want to, you know, I'm this cool baker. Like, I want to express my personality on my website. And um, or like photographers, just people who want to be themselves in their business. Um, I really liked working with those people. And so that was kind of a struggle for me in deciding, am I going to just try to chase something that I don't enjoy as far as a niche for the money? Or am I going to go ahead and like work with like my best skill set and who's working with me already? Um, So I decided to work with people who kind of were in the solopreneur area. Some of them already had strong personal brands. Like I write for this one guy who's a tax attorney and he sells courses and he's like super fun. He's everywhere already. But when it came to like his email marketing, he's like, I just don't want to be doing this all the time. So I would be doing that. Um, But then as I was doing copywriting and helping people write like their websites, their sales emails and things like that, I just saw kind of a gap between some people who would say like, okay, I need a website. This is my niche. This is my audience. And then we'd get through like the first draft and they'd be like, actually, I think I want to work in this niche and I think I want to do this instead. And I think, and I was so like, they're like trying okay. to find themselves while yes, you're trying exactly. to find them. Yeah. Yes. They're trying to like find themselves while I'm writing for them. And I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but this is going to be like a full new project if you're yeah. changing everything about your business. Um, and so I decided to kind of fill that gap with personal brand coaching. And that's why I start smaller with like, let's go through your LinkedIn. Let's go through some ideas. Um, let's kind of like nail down, you know, what you're really about and make sure that you feel good about it before you spend like thousands of dollars investing in something else. Sure. And then you want to change your mind. Um, and also some people, they need that confidence. I've had people who I've written their whole entire website and they're still afraid to post it because they're just like, I don't know, like, should I really just put it up there? Like, shouldn't I go back and hide into like the stock photo, you know, the we like type of, of copy and, and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, okay, you need a second. So yeah. 
yeah, so switching into personal brand coaching, I feel like I'm able to fill that gap. And then if they come back later and they want the full website or they want sales emails, then I'm like, perfect, we're good to go. Yeah, you already um, have the story kind of yes. lined up. So yeah, yeah. How do you kind of pull the stories out of the people that you're working yeah. with? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have like a questionnaire or something? Like yeah. So my icon assessment that has lots of questions. I think it's like probably 35 questions. Okay. Um, and I always tell them like, and so they fill it out online and then mm -hmm. I have a follow-up call with them to kind of like dig deeper. Cause some people they'll fill it out and they will tell me their life story and like every question. Other people I'll be like, what do you like doing answers. for fun? And they're like reading. Yeah. And I'm like, That's okay, me. what do you like reading? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's me. Like, yes, to a yes. T. I <laughs> yeah. like anything time i take questionnaires like two word answers yeah. i'm like i'm not doing it yeah. that's just not what i'm good at yeah. i'm not good at it I yeah yeah and i can fine. talk about it but yes. just like writing it down is like right. first of all my grammar's poor and i can barely spell but hey that's okay that's but for that, what story. i tell people when they <laughs> fill it out is i'm like you don't have to edit yourself you're not trying to sound good like just yeah. answer as you just like, so you can get a story together yeah. 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 yeah like pretend you're just like talking to your mom or your friend like yeah, there's no because cool. i'll ask people like tell me in one sentence what you do and they're like like they just kind of freak out and I'm like, just, just keep it simple. Like if you want to say I'm Ray Mack and I sell houses, that's fine. That's all you need to say. To say it, like yeah. you don't have to yeah. make it that much fancier. Yeah. So yeah. Just <laughs> something. You just need something. I just need something to work yes. with. And then I'll pull out more from them. You'll later, make it fancy. Yeah. I'll make it fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I like to at least get like one fell swoop of, you know, different things that they For have sure. been through or they're thinking about or whatever.